The mystery and the miracle of the birth of Christ was the fulfillment of the promise that God would be with his people. The very name Emmanuel means God with us, and Jesus Christ is our Emmanuel. In this study, Scott Pauley reminds us of our ever-present Savior, God with us. Entering into the presence of God, communing with the Lord, enjoying His fellowship is one of the most wonderful things on earth. And it really is so simple. Uh, it's, it's sacred, it's holy, but it's so simple. When we simply repent of our sins, uh, confess humbly and honestly who we are, and come to God in faith, at that moment uh, we enter into the throne room of heaven. We enter into the presence of God. But I must confess to you that for me, the most challenging thing about walking with God is not coming into his presence. It's not entering into his presence. It's staying there. Uh, it's not getting right with God. It's staying right with God that for me is such a challenge every day. And all of us have to give attention to it. We return once more to Second Chronicles chapter 15 to the story from the life of Asa when God sent him a message, and the message was, the Lord is with you. And then he adds this, while ye be with him. So you're going to live in God's presence, and you're going to know God's presence and blessings and continued victories if you'll stay close to him. And we began this study by showing repentance of sin. The Bible says they turned to the Lord. They began to seek the Lord. They dealt with their sin. That's where it always begins can't be right with God, you can't enjoy the Lord's fellowship, you can't know his blessings without repentance of sin. But it doesn't stop there. That's the, that's the starting point. That's the jumping off place, if you will. Let's pick up our story beginning in verse number 7. God continues to speak to him, and he says, Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin, out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim, and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. I mean, this is a man who, who got serious. This is more than words. Uh, this is action. So we, remo we move from repentance of sin now to obedience to God, and there's a beautiful progression here. Because true repentance will produce obedience. Uh, notice there's the negative side and the positive side. On the negative side, he put away all the idols. So he dealt with all of the things that shouldn't be there. He got them out. In fact, at the end of the chapter, you can read it for yourself in verse 16, he actually removes the queen because she made an idol in a grove. He cut down her idol. He stamped it. He burnt it. I mean, this gets pretty serious. When you start dealing with sin in your own family, and when you start dealing with sin uh, that is near you and that has been, uh, has been kept by those you love, you know you're getting serious about dealing with the sin. But then he not only deals with the idols, he builds the altar. Do you see he moves from the negative to the positive? He moves from dealing with sin to beginning to pray. Oh, I tell you, if we want to live in the presence of God and stay in the presence of God, we need to tear down the idols and rebuild the altars. It's just that simple. Tear down your idols today and rebuild your altar, uh, the altar of the Lord. Commune with God and uh, see how Asa took courage 
and uh, made up his mind. He was just going to do what needed to be done. And, of course, great reward came out of all of that. I don't, don't have time to show you, but you may want to study on your own today. Second Kings 18 is a great parallel from the life of Hezekiah. Hezekiah does the exact same thing. He tore down the altars. He rebuilt, uh, tore down the idols, rather, and rebuilt the altar. He got out all the things that shouldn't be there and put in the one thing that needed to be there, and that was fellowship with God, and that obedience kept them in the Lord's presence. Verse 9 continues the story. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin, and the strangers with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon, for they fell to him out of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. That's powerful. God gives him favor. God gives him influence. Uh, God enlarges his, his numbers. How? When he got right with God. So you can't live in the blessing of verse 9 until you do the hard work of verse 8, repentance of sin and obedience toward God. And I also love the fact uh, that they saw that the Lord his God was with him. It's reminiscent of what God said will happen in Israel someday. Zechariah chapter 8, uh, people are going to see that uh, those Jewish people have such God's presence. Uh, they're going to say, we want to be with you because we want to be with him. Wouldn't it be glorious if God's presence was so real in all of our lives and families that others were attracted to his presence in us? And so we continue. Verse 10, so they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month in the 15th year of the reign of Asa, and they offered unto the Lord the same time of the spoil which they'd brought, 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep, and they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul, that whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman, and they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting and with trumpets and with cornets, and all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire, and he was found of them. And I love this expression, and the Lord gave them rest round about. There really is a rest in the presence of God. We'll see that in a later study in the New Testament. There is a rest that comes when you're living with the consciousness that God is with you and that God is near. But don't miss this. There is in this passage where they're rediscovering the presence of God, first of all, repentance of sin, secondly, obedience to God, and then thirdly, perseverance in prayer. Notice it's not a prayer, it's continual prayer. Uh, this, is, this is people saying, we want to stay in God's presence so much, we're going to make a covenant together that every one of us, every day, we're going to seek the Lord. You remember earlier in our series I said to you that one of the keys to this whole passage was they sought the Lord, they sought the Lord, they sought the Lord. Frankly, we're living in a world where people are so distracted and so busy, we're seeking everything but the Lord. It is time for us to get back to seeking God. Uh, there's soberness here. I mean, this was life or death to them in verse 13. At the same time, there was joy. <laughs> so that's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, this is, this is a life or death thing, and yet they're rejoicing in the Lord's presence. I think when you get near God, you get serious about what God is serious about, and you begin to rejoice over what God rejoices over. Matthew Henry said it this way. He said, if God has the heart, we have the joy. I love that. If God has your heart today, friend, you will have his joy. And they determined they were going to persevere in prayer. It was going to become a way of life. 
Now, this was more than voice prayer. This was heart-level prayer. Don't we need some of that? Oh, could we covenant together today to seek the Lord ourselves, dear, dear listener? Could we say we're going to seek God with all of our heart and with all of our soul, with all of our desire, and trust that God will give us the rest in Him that we need? The saddest consequence of sin is the loss of God's conscious presence. Study your Bible. Ichabod, Samson, Saul. The saddest consequence of sin is the loss of his conscious presence. And the happiest reward of repentance and obedience and prayer is the joy that comes from his presence. By the grace of God, let's all determine today we're not only going to get right with God, but we're going to stay near to God. We're going to live every day in his presence because, friends, I'm going to tell you, It's the happiest place on earth to live. May God help you today to live with a consciousness that the Lord is with you. During busy seasons of life, it is important to be consciously aware of God's presence. In all seasons and in all circumstances, God has promised you His presence. Emmanuel is not simply a name, it is a promise. Be sure to visit enjoyingthejourney.org and sign up to receive Scott's weekly newsletter, Helping Your Joy, delivered each Thursday to your inbox. Your joy will be helped with short devotionals, ministry updates, and Scott's upcoming itinerary. Simply click on the subscribe link in the top right-hand corner. From Scott and all of us here at Enjoying the Journey, thank you for allowing us to be an encouragement to you.